0: Stick that thing in your face. <laughs> yes, make, please. Make it t- make it touch your face. <laughs> All right, how's it going, bro?
1: Oh, amazing, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, man. Dude, Around, thanks. Like, I uh, just amazing to be back. I love this place. I love the, chatting with you,
0: man. This, this is great. Thanks, thanks for coming back, man. It's a privilege. It really is a privilege. Thank you. I dude, I love I love our talks together, and I love the work you do, man. I fucking love that shit. Every Hi, single man. time we link up, we I get like feedback of messages being like, "Yo, I love that fucking episode. The same is so funny."
1: I appreciate that, man. Well, it's good, man. As long as if if the audience is enjoying, it, then we just keep doing it. You know. Yeah. But uh, I think yeah, I think we bounce back and forth really really well, man. I love talking to you. I am um, I even. I've enjoyed my conversation with you long before we even started podcasting. You know what I mean? I could always just tell there's something uh, something there. Hell yeah. Still looking for we got it. We've got a good connection. Yeah. I love man. this. We're falling <laughs> for each other. <laughs> Bromance going on here.
0: No, dude. I love it. Oh, man. But yeah, what were we talking about just now? We were talking about, oh, when I quit weed. Right. Yeah, dude. I am um, coming up. I think next week I'll be three months sober, man.
1: Right. Right. I, really, I don't think there's anything wrong with weed to be honest yeah no yeah. It,
0: uh, dude and i don't either actually that's the thing is like um i don't think there's anything wrong with it i just know that for personally myself i didn't have a healthy relationship with it right and just, that was like why i was like i am so fucking dependent on this right. and i just feel like anytime that there's like an a dependence or an addiction like anything that you have a dependence on like that's like, in terms of just, like, keeping your sovereignty and keeping your um your integrity, like, I feel like having a dependence on something, like, if, if a man has a crutch, or if, I shouldn't just say a man, like, if you, if someone listening to this, if you have a crutch, like, you can be controlled. 100%. And that's why I was, like, I don't like this feeling of, like, oh, I have to go and pick up weed, I have to, like, I have to buy it, like, it was, like. I don't like this fucking dependence. Like I feel like I'm like, yeah. It just it made me feel like I had a crutch, and it made me feel like uh, like I was being controlled. Right. Yeah. I think um, it's a vice, right? I think everyone's got their own vice,
1: and weed is a really easy one to judge and kind of like, throw into a corner of like, oh, that's a bad person who's you know someone who smokes or whatever. But um, it's it's a vice like anybody else, and I think like anything, if you if you anything in excess is an indicator that there's something off balance inwards mm-hmm. you know inside there's something off balance yeah yeah and that in that in as a result it's being translated into your life as a result of being excessively involved in some sort of activity for some people it's weed for some people it's you know all sorts of things and sometimes and honestly i think weed is not it's maybe not some of the worst because it's it's easily visible. You can at least see. You can pick up on it. I think the stuff that's actually more dangerous is the subtle part. It's the subtle vices that people lean towards, and they don't know it. Like, if it's not substantial, like, it's it's not a substance-based. Like, yeah. weed and alcohol are simple. You can physically see it. But people's vices, honestly, some people's vices are just, like, emotional addictions to particular ways. And as a result, they end up thinking that's who they actually are. And they don't even know it's a vice, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I started, and I, I'll, I'll be open about this because I know that there's a stigma around them and I, I want to be, like, kind of open and genuine and authentic. I started going to group meetings right? when I started quitting weed because I was like, I'm going to need fucking help. Like, I cannot... Like that it sounds like to me it sounds like kind of like a bitch thing to say, but I was like, I can't do this by myself. Like I can I every time I've quit weed, it's been like for like a month and right. then I just go back to it. Like it's it starts so slowly. Right. And one of the guys I was talking to, like no matter what you need help for, I'm a big proponent of like kind of like group therapy or group counseling, just because I like the social aspect of it. And I like being able to talk to other people about it. And there was a guy I was talking to last week and he's like, dude, this isn't like a drug problem. This is a spiritual problem. Like you are lacking something like there's a void you're trying to fill. And there's no way like that you could fill that void with anything other than like, he was like saying like, there's nothing that can fill that void other than God. Like, I am
1: one thousand percent in agreement with that. But I have a question. Like you mentioned in there, you thought that was like a, it was like a bitch thing to say or do to, because you felt like you needed help. What?
0: Why would you? Why at that time did you think it was a bitch thing? Um, it's interesting because, like literally my whole life, I've always strived to be a quote unquote self-made man, mm. and. The more and more i've kind of matured emotionally like i'm not anywhere near where i want to be yet but i'm realizing that to do anything in my life where i'm proud of i've never been able to do it alone but i've always had this feeling of like oh i'm mentally tough enough to do this by myself or right. i'm mentally like i like even like starting this podcast like i've had help from so many different people like right. you and i were just talking about like equipment stuff and different right, things right. like collaborating with other people is the only way I've ever been able to do anything I'm proud of. Right. But I've always had this like feeling inside, like um, I guess it's kind of like another thing that I'm struggling with where it's like, I need to prove it to myself that I'm capable of doing these things by myself almost. And it was a tough realization for me to just be like, fuck, like maybe this is something, this is one of those things you're just going to need outside help with.
1: 100%. You know, I, I struggled with the same thing for sure, which is, um, allowing allowing like I always felt like I, I've always wanted help and I felt like I could never get it. But it was a it was an amazing moment in my life when I realized that it wasn't that I wasn't able to get the help. It's I was pushing it away. Right. Because getting the help almost felt like a like you've lost the the game. You know what I mean? Like you you've already you've surrendered, you've put the sword down in the middle of the battle. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought getting help was. So I thought you get help when the battle's over. The help comes when people are helping like patch up some of your wounds. Right. Versus actually helping you fight the battle.
0: Yeah. Like it's like, no, the help just prevents you from getting the wounds.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to tackle anything big, like a big challenge, like you're going to need an army. You know what I mean? And if you're going to be if you're a one man show fighting an army. Like, yeah, the help will come, but they're not going to come there to, you know, help with any of your wounds. They'll probably be there to help bury you. Yeah, yeah. you've lost. Like, you know, it's just uh, it's the way I kind of see it now. But uh, being able to receive help is just as important as your ability to kind of give it, you know?
0: Yeah. I think um, you were talking about earlier, like you were saying, um, just now you said you were talking about um how weed and alcohol like they're kind of like visual represent like they're easy to see like addictions that are easy to see right like, what what are some of the things you were thinking of that like were like things that are a little bit more like passive or things in the background like i have my own kind of ideas of like mm-hmm. kind of uh different ways that we can be addicted to consumption but like what did you have in mind yeah it's a great question man
1: you know the way the reason why i said that is because vices exist um in all sorts of different forms but generally like in the outside world they are physical they're physical and when you drink or when you smoke weed what's end up it's a you can see it but on the inside once you you know engage with the activity what ends up happening is there's a chemical reaction inside the body that gives you a particular type of feeling mm-hmm. right and one and that's that's the relief that we need from whatever it is the more subtle stuff is the chemical reactions that are triggered inside of you that don't have, like, you don't see physically, like, you're not doing anything physical, so as a result, you don't think the, the you know, the uh, chemical reaction inside the body is happening
0: when it actually is. Because it's not like a substance you're taking.
1: Exactly. For, so, to be more specific, to give an example, I, for a long time, for a long time, one of my vices was emotional, um, like emotionally addicted to guilt. Like I was emotionally addicted to that, and I could not exist outside of that feeling.
0: Like it's like like kind of like martyrdom. Like you like it kind of made you feel good because you felt guilty. Like you're like like it's almost like you're a martyr at that point. You're like oh, I, the, like I've got all this on my shoulders, kind of thing. Like it's almost like makes you feel better about yourself. Um, what do you mean by martyr? Like I as I've if, heard like, the
1: word I know what the word means But like in this case Like
0: religion. religiously Like Jesus was a martyr Like right. he died for our sins Kind of thing Like in right, the, in the right. idea of like Suffering for a greater good Like, like I, I know a lot of the time Like there's people that They'll complain about How hard their life is Right Because it makes them feel good As if like they're like Going through a bunch of bad things That make them feel good About themselves Like they've got right, all this right, weight On their right. shoulders Which makes them more virtuous
1: Right oh, I see I see Yeah 100% 100% I see what you're saying Um, For me, you know, it's hard to say that it ever felt good. I can't say that it ever felt good about doing it because it brought me to the point where I was about to jump off a damn boat as we talked about in the last few episodes, right? It was so, it's um, that type of strong chemical reaction inside the body. What's essentially happening is taking you away from balance, right? like that homeostasis that exists mm-hmm. it starts to get pulled away and that's what i mean by it's so dangerous because when you're drinking and smoking or like you know whatever physical activity you're doing you you can you have an idea of how many times you're doing it and you, you know innately you know you got to slow down but when you are just feeling guilty day to day from like work coming home getting off a of phone every single phone call every single conversation that you have might actually trigger that chemical reaction inside of you and you're completely unaware. And as a result, you end up becoming that emotional, like you become that chemical state. And when you are something for that long, you just think that's what you are. Everything outside of it essentially it's like someone who's drank their whole life as a baby. You know, can you imagine being a drunk all all the way up until like four or five, you've been drunk your whole life. When you're like twenty, twenty-five, and you drink every day, the idea of being sober doesn't even exist to you. You don't even know what it is.
0: There's no like benchmark. There's, There's no, no benchmark.
1: Well, yeah, because all you remember is being drunk, and the i and moving away from it is, it can cause you know it cause it's like withdrawal syndrome syndrom- symptoms, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing chemically. That's why I think it's more dangerous because some people have been drunk off of guilt their whole life, like I was,
0: mm.
1: drunk literally
0: yeah intoxicated by yeah. It. yeah and
1: when you are chemically like when your body is in that chemical state because emotions are essentially they're just chemical reactions inside the body and when you keep on repeating that chemical state over and over and over again what ends up happening is is your body now controls what the brain sees in the outside world and everything that it hears it'll formulate everything that in your outside world that you hear and see to make you feel guilty so someone will say something to you, they might mean something completely else, but you're so drunk off of guilt. I'm just using guilt as an example, right? But you're, you're a drunk and guilty person. No matter what they say, it has to make you feel that particular way because that's what your body needs. It needs that chemical hit over and over and over again. And to come out of that is, it's a process. You know what I mean? It's difficult to overcome. And, I think, and that's why most people, I mean, never even attempt it. It's too damn scary Stop being yourself, if you are that. Because God forbid that you're a freaking nobody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even the idea of being somebody is so important to all of us that even if it means it's destroying us, at least I'm somebody, right? Giving up your own pain is still like you know it's it's a difficult process. It's not as it's not as easy as everyone wants to make it sound. Because I see quotes and like programs and everything all out there that everybody wants to help out with. Ultimately, I personally think I don't care what it is, what you struggle with. No program, no drug, no person, no conversation, no nothing in the outside world is going to help alleviate that completely. It's not going to make it go away. It's not going to bring you back to balance. You have to do it. Right. You can hear stuff. You can read stuff. You can take stuff that will like maybe help guide you back into the right direction, but you've got to put your feet to the fire. You've got to hold yourself there. You've got to hold yourself accountable. If you're an adult male female if you're an adult human being that's your responsibility period the end it's never going to change
0: yeah no i i believe that i agree completely i think um yeah that's 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 like the toughest part is like um understanding that that's that it's on you like there's no one that's going to be able to come and save you there's no like kind of like oh i listen to this podcast and then i'm fixed like it's like no no you're gonna have to go and do
1: the dirty work right And that, I think, and that's so easy to intellectually understand. You know what I mean? I I mean, what we just said, you and I agreed. Who won't agree to that statement? Very few. Yeah. Very few. But of those people, all the masses that agree with that statement that, yes, it's up to me, if it's to be, it's up to me, like they'll agree with that. They'll intellectually agree with that. But how many of those people are actually living that way? Right. Right. And that's why when I had that understanding, which has been fairly recent, that understanding something intellectually, electrically, meaning in your brain, is so different from actually knowing it. Mm-hmm. To know something is very different from intellectually understanding it. I think intellectual understanding is like you're just kind of repeating what you've heard. It makes yeah. sense, yeah. but once you're in the game, it's a completely different... Uh, it's a whole different
0: field, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's so interesting, too, because like you could look at like recovery in terms of addiction, like, oh, I stopped using this substance, or I stopped like drinking, whatever it is, right? But then a lot of the time, like, in these group meetings, like, one of the things that comes up is, like, the substitution of addictions. So, like, certain times, like, some people, like, they'll, like, stop smoking weed, for example. But then it's, like, you're still going to try and fill that void with something else external because it takes a long time to get down to, like, what the internal void actually is. Right. So, like... So, do you do you feel like you came... You got to that void? You got... To, you came into that cave and just saw what that void was? um i'm starting to now right for like the first couple months like because i'm not even three months sober yet right like and uh the very first the very beginning i started kind of feeding it a little bit more in terms of like food addiction like i started substituting like okay i'll stay sober Mm -hmm. and if i stay sober then i'm good right and then it's like well i'm like anytime i feel bad like i had to write down on that whiteboard Like you can see in the top left hand corner there, there's the words hungry, angry, lonely, tired, because I know that those are the times where I'm susceptible to things. Right. Right. Like those are the four times where I'm going to be susceptible to like substituting for an addiction or what have you. Like anytime I see my, I feel myself like craving sugar, for example, or like needing a, like to to smoke a joint or wanting to have a drink. It's like, okay, which of the four am I? Is it like hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Like, how can I fix this? Right. And so, like, hungry and tired are kind of the easiest ones to fix because it's like, all right, I'm going to go to bed earlier tonight or I'm going to make sure that I eat the proper amount of food so I can get the nutrients my body needs. Right. But when it's angry and lonely that's when I have to start to reflect internally of, like, what's making me angry right now? Right. What's making me feel lonely right now? Because you can be in the room with other people and still feel lonely, right? 100%. So it's, like, an internal conversation of, like, why do I feel lonely? Why do I feel angry right now? How come I, you know, if it's loneliness, like, how come I'm not feeling connected to this person that I'm with? Or how come Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling connected to the universe around me? If it's angry, a lot of the times, like, um... I want to project that on other people like oh this person made me angry so it's right. their fault but it's like I'm trying to blame my emotion on them like okay right. well it, like it's like an internal issue like why would someone else be able to make me angry right if right that's a great point and so
1: then, would you say that then those so weed for example we'll just use you as an example right so those four particular states you wrote those down because you're like when i'm in these particular states i'm susceptible to falling back into that ha- falling into that habit of smoking weed was
0: falling into a new problem yeah, right
1: right whatever whatever vice that you might choose those are
0: the things i want to run from hungry angry lonely tired
1: right right that's crazy so Hold that thought where you said those are the things I want to run from because I want to come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Because that is so interesting. But my question is my original question is you said so when you're talking about those things are some of the things when in those states will make you fall into those ha- habits, right? Yeah. So if those make you fall into a into those habit, your work in the meantime to overcome um overcome them has been like, are you trying to alleviate that feeling as a result to help overcome Devices or are you looking to like do something else that seems more healthy when you're in those
0: states to change your feeling? Does that make sense? That was a mouthful. Um, there's two answers because there's the answer that I naturally gravitate towards, and then there's the answer where I know is like a healthier answer. What's your answer? My internal, like my my first response is to I don't want to feel this anymore. Okay. So it's kind of like an avoidance. Right. So you don't want to feel, for
1: example, angry anymore in that moment. Let's say something fell down. You're like, I don't want to. So let's say you accidentally drop something and you get all pissed off. The natural inclination was to take a take a puff. Yeah. Right. So you're like, I don't want to feel angry anymore, so I'll take a puff. Yeah. When, since then, since you've you moved away from puffing, when you get pissed off now, let's say that because the coffee cuff might fall again. Because now you know those habits, like do you have a system now where you're like, okay, that's I'm angry, I'm gonna do this now, instead of going for a puff. Is that what's like been the um approach that's helped you overcome?
0: Um well recently I read a book that it's it's called uh The Leader Without a Title, The Leader That Had No Title by uh Robin Sharma. And one of the things that that uh one of the sentences I guess, or the phrases from that book that rings in my head now is, uh, like he uses a lot of acronyms, but it's uh, KMF, like keep moving forward. So right. anytime I feel myself getting pissed off or agitated or like upset, like I had a fuck up with this like merch order that I just had recently, and I just like literally have to keep telling myself like, what's the next thing I can do to move forward? What's the next action I can do to move forward? So, like, anytime I'm feeling myself, like, angry or, like, especially with anger is, like, what's the next thing I can do to move forward? Because you don't, you want to try to stop feeling angry as soon as you can. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, you were saying, like, earlier, like, you were addicted to guilt. Like, I felt myself, like, kind of, uh, I avoid a lot of my other emotions and I mask it with anger. That was, like, a lot of times growing up, like... Anytime I felt sad, anytime I felt lonely, anytime I felt isolated or alienated, I would mask that feeling with anger. Right. I thought that that was like a more manly emotion. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like kind of a, like I was attached to it. Like it was like uh, I'd rather have an anger problem than a depression problem. <laughs> <The lesser. laughs> is that, that's a funny thing to say out loud, but yeah, no, it makes sense.
1: Lesser of two evils, for sure. Man. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean. Like it, it made me Maybe feel like lesser of two evils. I don't know. Some people who probably struggle with anger ish, like anger management, they would say, you know, anger probably destroys a lot of their life as well. I, don't I know. think the
0: depression or the sadness is kind of like a. I've always i've i've explained it like this to myself: like anger is like a that's secondary emotion, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you, like first, the first emotion I actually felt was like sadness. But then from that, because I didn't want to feel that sadness again, it's like an avoidance thing. Right. I would feel angry that I felt sad. Right. So, so
1: going back to what you said earlier, where you're, you said, you you know, you do your best to run from these things. Yeah. I guess my question is, is that what you want to do? Like, that's what you think is and there's no right or wrong answer to this yeah. yeah. It's just no, I i'm get just you. thinking like that so in your head you're like yeah i want to be far away as fu- i want to get as far as i can from these particular states
0: yeah those are the most negative states in my mind right um like lowest vibration and i know like put it like put it this way like it's like uh, i don't want to be here i want to be there right so so what's the quickest way i can stop feeling this right and start feeling that What if I, okay, so my,
1: um, I'm going to propose this to you then. I'll throw this back out your way because I've come to understand this for myself. And at least for me, I would say this is the absolute, like this is the truth. And there's just no, and if, and I can maybe elaborate on it more, but I've come to understand that no matter how hard you try, no matter how much sense it makes, no matter who, what book wrote it or what, you know, study wants to prove it. The truth is, is you can never run from those things
0: ever. Facts. So that's a, right? I agree with that. It, yeah. Like you,
1: so why would you say then that you're trying to
0: run from it? Because it's uh, like that's exactly what an addiction is, man. Like that's yeah, like right. you know something to be right or wrong, but you disregard it for the instant dopamine rush. So you run towards the dopamine. Yeah, is what you're. I see.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, remember when the our first our first episode that we recorded, I was mentioning, you know, I came to this, that's where I learned it. I came to this realization that that's what I was doing with, like, with the depression aspect of it, right? And it took almost like a life-ending moment for me to realize that if I continue to run from this, I can maybe escape it briefly from here and there, but it will eventually catch up to me every damn time. You can't run from it. And the reason why you can't run from it because it's the center it's like if it's inside of you, where are you going? You know what I mean? If if those feelings are inside of you, like where are you going? Yeah, you're gonna escape yourself? Yeah. Like where are you running towards? Who's gonna help you? What and the only the only true way to do it is you've got to stop, turn around and run right towards it. It'll be the scariest thing you ever did. Especially, like, that's what my experience was, but it'll never go away for as long as it haunts you in the sense where you feel like you got to be, be on the move in order to um, alleviate this. And it's, it's funny you mention, you're like, I ask myself, okay, what do I got to do to keep moving forward? Mm. And I, I used to think like that too, but since I've come to this understanding that I think the time in of itself is a complete illusion... I think time is an illusion, right? And as a result, that statement doesn't necessarily register in my head and even in my understanding the same way as it did before because I feel like I'm a new person. So the idea of, like, I just want to do something to keep moving forward. It's like, well, if time is an illusion and it's not linear, what do I mean by moving forward? Where am I really going? And I had to, like, I stopped saying
0: that to myself because it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of the time it's like... um, It depends on what you're thinking about. Because, like... I just think of... Like you were saying, like, is there ways that you could not feel those things? Like, I don't think that that's a a thing. Like, there's no way to escape, like, kind of what I call the human experience. Like, I think that those negative emotions, those things, like, those are signals your body's sending you. Like, hey, this is a little bit off over here. Like, in this area of your life, like, there's, like, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your work, whether it's, like, your fitness, whether it's, like, your health and wellness, right? Like, there's all these different areas where you're going to be, like... Something's gonna piss you off or agitate you or make you feel depressed, like we talked about last time. Like, there's like the people that like fucking look in the mirror and they get depressed with what they see because they're overweight or underweight or whatever it is and it's like no that's your body sending you a signal like there's something fucked up you have to fix right right but there's always gonna be that like it's not like you can just like oh i did it like i'm never gonna feel like that again right you're always gonna get those signals because your body is always changing your mind is always changing the world around you is always changing so how are you handling how are you handling that then I, I know if that's a fact and you know that
1: everything's changing, you can't necessarily run from these things, it's part of the experience. Then, I guess, what is the point of reading the books and doing all these things or becoming more
0: spiritual? Because if none of that's going to alleviate it, what are we really doing? Um, For me personally, I I think now a lot of it is trying to, instead of getting upset about feeling like that, like that's how I spent a lot of my time is like I'd get pissed off with myself for being pissed off. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And now it's been more like, oh, I'm hearing this signal again. Like it's like, put it this way. Like imagine like you're in a building and the fire alarm goes off. Like that's your signal, and then you're fucking just getting pissed off and agitated about how annoying that fire alarm is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you I, know what I mean. 100 oh, like, percent. So it's kind of like
0: you're driving your car,
1: check engine light comes on. Yeah, yeah. And then what yeah. you do is you take out a hammer and smash it. The light turns. Or off, you you're take.
0: Like, I took care of that, dude. Like my old, my grandpa's old car when my grandpa used to be alive. He used to fucking. Put tape over the fucking check engine <laughs> light so you couldn't see it anymore. Like it's like the ultimate see, avoidance. But to me, that is
1: somebody dealing with life the same way he deals with himself. Hundred
0: percent. Yeah, right. he was yeah. not a mentally healthy person, man. He, yeah, who's to say? You know what I mean? I I am right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. I you don't know much.
1: It's too too early for me to conclude all that because he put tape over the engine <laughs> yeah. light. Like,
0: but yeah no i understand man i understand it's but now it's like okay what's the signal trying to tell me like that's right. what i ask myself now like it's not like i'm getting upset about when i feel these things it's like what's the next step like when i say keep moving forward it's like well what's this signal trying to tell me so i can just work on that like that's i truly believe that that's life is just a never-ending process of that like it's like those are the negative emotions I feel most susceptible to. Mm-hmm. Maybe other people resonate with different things. But for right. me, it's those four things, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And and it's like, uh, you know, why do I feel that way? And what's the next thing I can do? Like, what's the signal trying to tell me? So let me ask you this then. Because all those things you... Okay,
1: before I ask you that, I'm going to ask you this. Can we agree that everything that you mentioned those hungry... Hungry, tired, angry, all those things, those are emotions, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you then, do you also treat the opposing end of the spectrum of emotions the same way? Where if you're feeling happy, you're just hanging out with your friends or your girlfriend or you're just going to a movie and you're feeling joyous. In those moments, are you present and aware enough and you're trying to see, okay, what do I got to do to move forward
0: from this? I think, what, what, what do I have to do to keep this around more? Why? Why? because I like those things. And I think that feeling those things, like I'd say the opposite of most of those things, like the opposite of hungry is like satiated. So what do I have to do to make myself satiated? I have to eat the fucking things that make me feel like the, that... Because sugar never makes me feel satiated. I'll eat sugar and then five minutes later, I want more. Right. So it's like, what makes me feel satiated? When right. I eat high protein, when I eat like an actual good nutritious meal, I feel good. I'm not hungry. Like, I could go hours afterwards and so not is, feel hungry. So
1: is the goal to stay feeling
0: good for as long as pockets of time possible? The goal is to, for me, is to be able to have a bit more control over those things and take ownership over them. Because I think, um, like like I said, like hungry and and tired, those are easy ones to fix. Because you know what's going to fix those things. Go to sleep, get some rest. Right. Eat and, some food, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, the <laughs> but those, lonely are the, and the, those are
1: physical issues. Yeah. Those are physical issues. The lonely not, and the anger, yeah, those, those are, are, are the Those are more things.
0: spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was going to get to. And right. I had a good conversation with someone last night Where we were talking about like what God is, et cetera, cetera, and all these things. Let's get into that. And my my kind of understanding of it at at this point in time is unconditional love. Like that's what I think God represents. That's what, in my eyes. And so, like when I feel, say, lonely, for example, like that's one we haven't spoken too much about is like i feel like i won't have like unconditional love like i think that there's a lot of times in life where it's like i need to whether it's my parents whether it's my partner whether it's like uh, i fucking hate that i just said partner by the way I fucking hate that, dude. Whether it's, I'm a, I was just gonna call you Dude, on, way, I call myself on like, that you shit. Saying? Yeah. Whether Partner, it's my,
1: what are we freaking making paper mache
0: here? <laughs> yeah, no. Whether it's my girlfriend, whether it's yeah. my parents, whether it's even like my friends, like whether I'm like sitting with you, like <laughs> anybody. like I just think it's hilarious. You caught it literally in the moment. That's great. Yeah. Random. I heard myself say it because I got that. Dude, that's one of the useful things about the headphones. Is you hear <laughs> yeah, what you say. 100%. And I'm like, man, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but um, for me, it's like uh, the feeling of like uh, the fear of losing love. Like, like, oh, if I don't have this, if I can't do this, or if I don't look like this, or if I don't speak like this, am I going to lose love? Right. And I think that uh, the feeling of unconditional love is the closest we can get to understanding God, in my eyes. I oh, don't know either. if you have a different feeling about that, but... Yeah, yeah. When you're not feeling unconditional love, is the only time I think that you can feel lonely because that's when you start to think either I need to occupy my time, I need to watch a YouTube video, I need to listen to a podcast, I need to listen to music, I need to get something going in my brain. Right. Or fuck i think that that's the biggest reason why we have like the fucking mass porn addiction that society has is because right. there's no feeling of unconditional love like you see these people in relationships and fuck i've been in these relationships where it's like if you do this then i'll do this if you start doing this we're done like you know like that fucking that's conditional love 100 100
1: so going back okay so i gotta ask you then to bring it all back if you're feeling good, you're f- having those you know nice chemical reactions, which is we generally understand as happiness, joy, ecstasy, all of these things. If you're in that state, you don't want necessarily want to run from those, be- right? Because it gives you a sense of let's just say you know would it be accurate if I said it gives you a sense of comfort, satisfaction, satisfaction, comfort? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So if that's the case, then can we both do we agree that they're they're just the same thing? on the same spectrum like the negative emotions are just uh, they're the same in the process inside the body they're the exact same thing that are
0: happening in the sense is just chemical reactions yeah sort of yeah i think that in my eyes i see where you're going with this but i will say this I, in my eyes the negative side of that spectrum is alarming you to like what actions or behaviors are wrong to guide you back towards the other side of the spectrum, guide you back to what is right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like okay. it's like a fire alarm or a check engine light. Like right. it's like, right. hey, this is fucked up, and if you choose to ignore it, you can choose to ignore it. You okay, can watch so the for negative it. ones are fire alarm. If
1: those are signals and alarms, what are the other ones? Are those like,
0: like a nice diffuser with good smell? You just coming home? Uh, dude, I think. Um, could be yeah it could be anything like it could be uh i wouldn't even say that that like the thing is is do when your car is running you don't notice it's running well you like when it's running well you don't notice it's running well there's no sign to say yeah engine's running well right you know what i mean it just gets you from a to b and you have smooth sailing 100 percent. you know what i mean but it's only when there's something wrong that it's going to be like yo there's something fucking wrong over here right so that's i guess that's where i'm getting at is that
1: is it necessary, like, why are, when you start to feel anxious or sad, why do you think we automatically associate that with being bad?
0: Like, I, sh- I just need to move away from this emotion. This is terrible. Um, well, there's kind of two answers. Um, spiritually, I think that that's like... Your body's programmed to live a virtuous life. Like your brain and body and soul, mm-hmm. your spirit is mm-hmm. programmed to live a virtuous life. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be walking, you know, you could say in alignment with God, you mm-hmm. could say whatever you want to say. I just say a virtuous life. Cause I think that's more palatable for everybody, mm-hmm. but I think we're supposed to do those things. Right. Right. Like when you yell at your neighbor, you're going to go to work and you're going to drive and you'd be like, fuck that guy, man. What the fuck, dude? Right. Like, right. But that's, like, you. That's your body telling you the signal of, like, you shouldn't have done that, man. Like you're saying good emotions kind of help you stay in the doing the right thing. Yeah, and negative emotions are signals to not do those fucking things. To not do those things. But
1: when we're feeling those things, aren't those the easiest time to do those things, which is yell and scream and get mad?
0: Yeah, because—and that's the other part of it. I think that there's a spiritual side of it, and there's a societal side of it. Right. Because societally, I think that we've, especially in the last couple decades, been— coaxed into this fucking lifestyle of comfort we have this instant gratification we have this comfort it's like why would i have this fucking tough conversation right now when i could go in my room close the doors watch some fucking porn jack off and get an instant fucking dopamine rush like why the fuck would i have this tough conversation that i feel anxious about right
1: yeah well it's interesting, man. I think you said, like it's that we're opening up a lot here. There's like such a huge box
0: to go. Not a huge. I mean, it's I um I just triggered half the guys listening to this. They're like fucking pause on this podcast and go jack off real quick. <laughs> They're like this is too much for me, man. This is triggering me.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that somehow you can trigger men to go jerk off that are straight. Yeah. <laughs> With I guess it's the beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got a killer beard, by the way. Thank you. I don't bro. think I've m- mentioned that, but I'm jealous. But that's a fucking, I, that's I, a beard and a half. I you know, appreciate it, man. It's been taking years to. Grow I imagine. That, I imagine, because I remember meeting you when you were clean shaven, no just beard at boy. all. Just a boy. Just a boy growing into a man. Just a boy. <laughs> no, but you know, to get back and to make uh, to get uh, back into it, I will say, because you, you've said some very interesting things. I um. I think that this might be a bit of a hot take, right? I've said this, and I think that some people might not agree. And I'd be curious to hear what you said. But I've come to understand at this point in my life, man, that emotions, emotions altogether, doesn't matter which end of the spectrum they're on, negative or positive, are completely useless to you in your life. And if you want to sit around and try to navigate through them, you know, the more power to you. If you can do it, enjoy your life. I'm not saying don't do it. But if you want to have a purposeful, meaningful life... Emotions are useless. Why do you say that? Because I like to give analogies right to kind of drive home the point, because sure. a, so I'll give you one in a second, but because it's t- to try to combine the spiritual with the physical is a, it's a difficult process to do. We've talked about it for genera- for centuries since the beginning of time, right? And the reason for that is because I was talking to a friend of mine last night actually, and uh, he was talking about um, we were talking about God. And I said that – I was just telling him that I think, you know, our bodies are – our bodies exist, like, on earth in this, quote, unquote, three-dimensional reality. And I think people get caught up in in all of that, like, trying to understand the body and where the spirit and all of that exists. And the best way I can equate it to is you have to look at yourself as, like, some, like as a computer, for example. Okay? Yeah there's the chip, there's the RAM, each one has its own function, you got the motherboard, you know what I mean, you can say the motherboard's like your skeleton and veins and all that stuff, and your brain is the central chip and all of that stuff, right? And, you but nothing exists inside that computer until we turn it on, right? Until you connect it to a power source, that's, not, the computer will do nothing. And I've come to understand that that's, that's the equivalent of our bodies. And, People get too caught up into, is the RAM working? Do I need to replace my chip? Do I, is, is, uh, you know, is this going on right? Sometimes we forget that maybe we should just kind of see where is the power, where is the source coming from that's powering this entire freaking machine? Because that, to me, is who you really are. The computer itself is essentially just kind of a hardware that you've been given to experience this life. And most people spend a lifetime just living inside the computer, never taking the time to kind of understand where the power source comes from. And I will tell you, I think there's two sources. Just like you go to Europe, it's a direct current out here, here, it's an alternating current. It's the same thing in a human body, I think. There's two different sources of power that'll flow through you. And depending on how you're living, one of them is flowing through you, and it's literally creating the reality that you live in. And I think one is purely ego-driven. It's almost electrical to keep things going. And then one is love-driven, meaning it's the source from God who you really are. And when you can tap into one of those, you'll you'll start to see differently. And I think I've put an incredible amount of time for myself. Like, I spend a lot of time alone, and I've never... in in the years, like the last half a decade, I'd almost say, where I just, I just wanted to spend more time alone, that time became very important to me, and, and I never felt lonely. Never, I started to never... When I was growing up, it was completely different. You know what I mean? I always want, you're young. You, know, you always want to be around people. But the more and more I started to spend time with myself, the less and less I started... I felt lonely. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say emotions are useless... If you want to live a meaningful, purposeful life, I say emotions will be useless because if you take a look at yourself and you, for example, let's say you're a car, Mm -hmm. right? If you're a vehicle, which is your body, I think emotions are where rubber meets the road. They're almost like your tires of sorts what you do is you check them once. You come out and you do a, you take a look at your tires like okay, these are good, they're going to keep me on the road, everything's going to be fine. And that's where you start driving and you stay on the road. You don't keep your eyes on the tires because you have a whole life to live, right? Mm-hmm. You have a whole you have a car to drive. There's responsibilities that you got to go to. Sometimes it's going to go through some dirt road and sometimes it's going to be on a nice smooth road. Whatever it is, your tires are meant to be – you just let the tires do their thing. And that's what I equate like almost emotions being – it's just your experience of going through life. You have to understand what they're for, but if you're going to use your emotions as an indicator to determine the quality of your life, you're going to have – you're going to be swimming in a lot of confusion. Yeah. Swimming I, in a, yeah, like a lot of confusion. You'll get stuck. And a lot of things won't make sense. Intellectually, things won't make sense. You know what I mean? You ever notice sometimes we can hear the exact same thing, but people spit out two completely different versions of what they saw and heard? Yeah. That's what I mean. It's an emotional, like, what pow- what's powering? Because your emotions are like that filter of what you perceive. It's so real that it's, it's unreal. Like, when you see, like, the, when you understand the biology of it, of how real and true that is, it's unreal. It's completely unreal. Most people don't even realize how they're living behind blinders. They're living behind blinders.
0: Like so, filters.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even know it's filters. because fil- If you're living with filters, that's a start. You know, At least you're starting to see. Most people, I think, are just living behind blinders. I shouldn't say most. I mean, I don't know. I'd say 90% of the world at least got bl- filters on. Yeah. But if you're like, for someone that's like completely, let's say, it's like just cracked out on crack and just, you know, addicted, and they're literally killing themselves and they don't even care, they have got blinders on. Like Shout-outs
0: to you if you're listening to this and you're on crack.
1: <laughs> to all our crack smoking fans, uh, you're completely, <laughs> you're completely blind. You're completely blind. You yeah. can't even see the world. You are just going off with of the feeling. And then your inability to deal with it, and then you go right back to get, getting the high. What you see around you, it doesn't even matter because you can't even see. That's why I say emotions are useless. And sitting around or trying to process them, and you know, doing all that stuff, I don't know. It might work for some. I tried it when I was completely depressed, thinking about my depression, trying to go over it and revisiting it and understanding where it came from. Didn't it? Didn't really do much for me. It's a complete. I think you have to do more than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we have kind of different. I wouldn't even say opposite, but I would say we have different views on that because I, I feel like that's where you need to dive into of like where, like, why do I fucking feel this way?
1: Why does that matter?
0: Because I think that that's a lot of the time. If you dig deep enough, mm-hmm. because You'll like get into a deeper hole. I don't agree, man. <laughs> right. I don't agree. No, I'm just I, I I think um, if you just sit at the surface level, answer. So like, mm. for example, like say like um. Like your friend and you get in an argument. Right. And then you you feel upset. Right. First level, like when you feel, peel back the first layer, why do I feel upset? Because Hussein said this thing. Mm-hmm. If you sit there, you're going to be in your hole right. forever. Right. You peel back the next layer. Hussein said this thing, and it made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. Then you peel back the next layer. Hussain mm-hmm. Hussein said this thing, it made me feel like this because I believe this part of it. Mm-hmm. And then you peel back the next layer. Right. Hussein said this thing. It made me feel this because I believe this part of it because this happened to me earlier on in life. Right. And then you peel back the next layer and you keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. And it's uncomfortable as fuck. Right. The same way that when you work out, it's uncomfortable because I think uncomfort breeds development. Of course. I 100% agree. So I think that digging through those things, for me personally, I do it through journaling. Some people do it through counseling. Some people do it through different ways. Right. Like, um, I think that diving into that is like kind of going to help you get closer to where that void is that I think a lot of people are trying to fill because you were talking about like, if you're like, if you're fucking sitting down smoking crack, then you're fucking blind. I think that that's a blanket statement that goes over everything because I see people that are fucking addicted to fucking sitting on their, like, dude, like there's so many people that literally can't do anything without listening to a fucking half of these fucking people that are listening right now are what I'm talking about where they like, they can't do a fucking single thing without Like something to clear the fucking silence away. Like they're like whether you're meal prepping or you're fucking just like make like making dinner for yourself or driving from point A to point B. Right. They can't be alone with their thoughts. They're sitting there like watching YouTube videos or watching fucking Netflix. Like I think that that's the fucking addiction, dude. Like yeah, absolutely. Those are the things that people are trying to avoid. So how does that understanding negate what I was saying in the sense that emotions are useless? because i think that the uh, the the answer is to figure out and ask yourself like why do you feel that emotion why were you susceptible to feeling that negative emotion like um i think asking yourself it gets you like as you start to peel back those layers you start getting to what's the void that i'm feeling for myself like just to be 100 percent transparent it was the feeling of like you know, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be loved? Well, why do I need, why do I crave that feeling? Is because I didn't understand what unconditional love felt like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't. Right. And that's a spiritual issue. Right. That's not something that you can fill with having a good relationship because right. it didn't fix that. Right. You know, so
1: I guess that's where that's where I think that that we might kind of just because I I, I agree that's where we meet back. Maybe I think this is the part where we met here. and Now we're about to separate again. Okay, a sense, okay, like, at the okay, crossroads because I it's not that I disagreed with any of the stuff that you said. The, like a lot of the stuff that you said, I agree with. It does happen. You know what I mean? I know people who just you know silence is like a it's a very difficult thing to deal with,
0: right? But I almost lost my train of thought. What were you saying? That last part you finished off on? Uh, I think that what I said was when you peel back those layers enough you start to see the void and for myself the void i was trying to fill was a lack of unconditional love
1: right and why you're feeling unco- like why you're feeling this void yeah yeah y- you know this, yeah so this is what i would say okay if if you can follow me on this like so we agree that guide the way man yeah. follow us baby. <laughs> so Years if you ago. so do we agree that emotions are a physical experience inside of our bodies uh, for the most part, yeah Right,
0: okay I think it's almost spiritual But yeah, I, I feel you on that Okay, like so a- is spirituality physical? Or is it metaphysical? Meaning beyond the body? Yes, okay See all of the above <laughs> Right, so
1: I guess then I would come back to you and ask you Because I have no doubt That emotions feel very, very real Yeah I don't, I don't dismiss the sincerity of of people's feelings in terms of how they're feeling right yeah i'm not yeah, you doubting. feel
0: sadness you feel that physically yeah it's, it's or kind of if like a- you
1: feel like you've solved something for yourself and you're like punched through something and you get this rush of ecstasy i'm not questioning your exp- the experience <laughs> yeah. that you have or like you know the or the um, you know the sincerity of your feeling and how you feel i'm not i'm not saying that's not all true yeah that can be true and at the same time, that can all be useless, right? And the reason why I'm saying that is because this is where my question would be then. If emotions are a physical experience in your body and we know that the physical world and the spiritual world meet somewhere in the middle but they're not the same thing, why Why do people, you think, use emotions as a means to measure their you know, sincerity or closeness
0: to God, and how spiritual they are. Um, because I think people are fucked. <laughs> I think, bro, like it's the same reason why people fucking think that their bank accounts measure their usefulness of their life or their purpose. Like, they're like, so would
1: you say you're fucked?
0: Yeah, you fucked? Dude, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Do you want to get unfucked?
0: Uh, uh dude, yes, <laughs> yes. What would being unfucked mean to you? Like, what does that mean? I think that. Like, like, because there's, there's a, sp- like the again, there's the spiritual answer of like coming to what Buddhists would say is Nirvana, like the balance, the homeostasis of life, right, right. Um, <laughs> But I think that that we're we're fucked. We're human. Like that's we're fucking weird. Like right. you know, like there's times where like I'm like I measure my self worth with my net worth. You know what I mean? like an one to
1: fall into, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like, my Mm. bank account can dictate my emotion for that day. There's so many times in my life where I've been like that. There's times where, like, everything could be going great, and then I get in an argument with my girlfriend, and I'm like, fuck it all. You know what I mean? so
1: why? So if that's that's how... Because we're human, right? We're fucked. So (laughs) is there a place you think that where someone can exist and live a life, a meaningful one, a happy one? Like, not... I don't even want to use the word happy, but, like, a... A Meaningful, purposeful life where these things do not affect them as much as you know, all the things that you're saying that were fucked, like bank account unfuck with a bull
0: when you're unfuck with a yes, yes, yeah. yeah, holes closed forever, yeah, yeah. Do I think that that's a um, is it possible
1: you think to reach that state? I think. Uh, and the reason yeah. why I'm asking this, it's not I have that like, I have that answer for myself, but I like there's no reason for me to jump into it and say that blah 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 because if we can't if we have to always speak on you know where we
0: agree and then kind of take the conversation. I think it's there. a constant balancing act, man. I think that there's a I I I the thing is I don't want to say no because I think that that's a daunting answer for people because it's almost like a, oh if I can't get there then fuck it. I'm just going to keep going into my fucking routines of fucking coming home from work, drinking a fucking beer, sitting on the fucking couch, going to watch fucking porn. Like, I think that those are all things that are not... You're not a fan of porn. Dude, fuck porn, man. (laughs) I'll fucking say it right now, dude. I think fucking porn is one of the biggest fucking toxic things in our society. I 100% agree with you. And, dude, I I say that because I was fucking addicted to it, man. Like, I fucking... I would fucking... You dude. know what, man? That that's uh, that's huge to be able to just openly admit to that.
1: I, I and mean, that's uh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> feel
0: huge, dude. I feel like a little dude when I say that. I well, feel I mean, small, because,
1: dude. Well, the thing is, is it's it's such an. Everybody knows, you know what I mean. Everybody knows the stats, you know what I mean, in terms of the use. It's oh, dude. Porn websites are the most used websites on a daily basis. At any moment, like it, apparently there's like four billion people watching at any second or something like that. Crazy stats. So you're right. That's
0: half the world, bro. You think half the world's watching? Right. Half yeah. the world doesn't even have computers. That's
1: not true at all, man. I remember seeing this movie where I forgot what the movie was called, but. Here come the Facebook faction. Yeah, no, there was this movie I watched. Bring them on. You know when, like, speaking of which, this would be a great segue because it's like September 11th today. So remember, oh shit, yeah, it's September 11th today. It's a great holiday. We no, have a
0: Muslim guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I would love to get into that, but um, I saw this movie where they were talking about the CIA and the FBI went to a porn porno website and they went to their the CEOs and their the guys who hold the servers and they're like. We think that some of these um, Al-Qaeda members are using your services, right? Like your <laughs> website and stuff. Can you help like, pinpoint IP addresses and locations? And supposedly they agreed and they helped out and they were able to locate some of the compounds and bomb the shit out That's of them. That's not true, dude. They wouldn't do it. It's a sin.
0: Huh. <laughs> That's so not so true, So You're saying bro. the Taliban
1: <laughs> isn't going to sin. You- isn't going to sin.
0: No, dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I know it's sarcasm, but we should get into that. <laughs> like, what? No. I mean, um, you know what? That's That I'll say that, though. It's like, I think emotions are really what ca- drag you into sinful behavior. Yeah. Good or bad. Good yeah. emotions or bad emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you want to live close to God, be with God, I think the best path forward for you is to, to alleviate the hell that is Earth that you experience on the inside, I think to alleviate that is you must abandon emotions. You have to abandon them. Do we, what I, I don't mean,
0: think we can abandon emotions. This is what I mean I by abandon... I don't think that's a thing for you, Right.
1: Humans. Well, I'll say this. Uh, this is what I mean by abandon emotions. What I It means to not identify with them as they are you. You have to understand it's an experience yeah. that you get. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, is if you get really... This is a tough one I know that a lot of people experience, but I know that, w- that I have a hard time grasping with. But when I understood this for myself, I can tell you, man, recently, the last six months, seven months, my life is just, I feel like I'm. time bends. The illusions come apart. You see the world differently, and you can see clearly. And that is that when you start to, identify less with your emotions, because most people, if you are fully identified and invested in your emotions, I can almost guarantee you, you have very little idea of who you actually are. 100%. Right? Yeah. And because that's, so abandoning emotions means not to identify with them, meaning every time you experience them, because, and it's so easy to do it, because uh, this is what's happening physically inside the body, right? I get really happy it's a huge chemical hit that's going inside the body. All sorts of chemistry is going on inside, inside your body. And usually a lot of those chemicals come from your gut. Like this is like the biology of all of this, I guess. It's coming around from your gut. And because you're having a very heightened emotional experience, what ends up happening is your brain goes to work as well. And now your brain, you've prob- you feel clear. You can see the world around you very clearly, and now your eyes are going to go super focused on whatever's giving you that hit, and you're literally downloading this moment in your life, hardwiring it into your brain, right? Yeah. So the next time you need that hit, you can recall it. You need it. When you are that hardwired in your emotions, you are living from your head, Period. The end. It's biology. It's literally how it's explained. Sometimes not
0: always this head, man. (laughs) What? Where are we going with this one, bro? Well, I was just thinking. (laughs) Like like some people, like they get that feeling and then they just start thinking with the other head. Gentlemen, I guess you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, most dudes do, do think from that second head. And I could tell you this, man if you think with that head, you're going to get fucked one way or the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's getting, yeah. so you need, one way or another. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, is, when you're living from your brain like that and it's actively, like, really firing, and that's where you spend most of your existence, I mean, you don't have a spiritual connection because there's two places that you can live from it's either from your heart or from your brain and if you have an active brain <clears throat> excuse me if you have an active brain you're not living from your heart it's just not possible it's not possible so if you're overly identified with emotions there and you, and you can just assess that for yourself like if you're listening to this right just ask yourself how am i really emotional do i get caught up in this particular emotion and if the answers to these are yes it's not a debate it's not something that you can go and like, oh, well, I feel." It's like it's not even about that. The biology suggests that you are extremely identified with your emotions mm-hmm. and that you live from your brain. And if you live from your brain, what it means is you're you're living generally from your neocortex. Your neocortex is the gigantic hard drive. It's the big like nut-shaped inside your brain that we, we the image that we're used to seeing in pictures. That's where everything is stored. Everything in there gets stored by you know, the, it's it's your body that's controlling what gets stored in there. And if you live from there over and over again, all you're really doing is you're actually no longer living in time. You're actually quite literally living in a different timeline. Like in the past. Literally living in the past. For example, right, let's talk about that for a second. You get up one, like, let's say you have an experience, a negative one. You're like 12. I had quite a few. Yeah, okay. You're like <laughs> 18 years old, right? And something traumatic happens to you. Yeah. Okay. Something traumatic. Let's say your cat get
0: runs over by a car. You're a kid and it really You one time I hit a dog with my car.
1: Oh jeez. You want to just use that one then? Yeah. (laughs) How did you see how you can easily recall it? Yeah. It's because it was an extremely emotional experience, right? How did you feel in that moment? Uh, confused. Confused.
0: And sad. And
1: sad. And guilty. And guilty. Yeah. Those were all very heightened, ex- like, emo- that was a heightened emotional experience, right? You, s- Your body has that chemical experience then, which is, let's say, 2005, right? It wasn't, but yeah. Whatever, right? <laughs> the cool thing about the body is that when you can recall that moment inside your brain, because you're going to see a holographic image, Right? the cool thing about the body is it can repeat that entire experience inside your body the moment you recall it. So you are quite literally back in 2005 living there. Your brain is working the same way. What how, yeah, yeah. That's what how like, your
0: PTSD works.
1: What you're hearing. and in, in, Although it's 2022, you're quite literally living in 2005. Right. And most And here's the thing. You have that experience and if it sticks with you, for a few hours, it jumps into this thing where you're like, I'm, just, I'm in a sad mood today. Or, I'm in a sad mood today. I hit a car. Mm-hmm. I hit a dog with my car. If that continues all day, next thing you know, you show up to work and people are like, what's, what's wrong with him? It's like, well, he's, that's actually kind of a, it's a bit of his uh, he hit a car, he had a rough day and it starts to develop into a temperament, right? If that sticks around long enough, eventually people will just associate it with a personality trait. And they just say, oh, he's just a s- sad person. Right. They forget about what caused it, essentially. And you'll probably forget about the image itself. and what's A lot act- of the time, I feel like we don't even know what caused it. Right? Exactly. Like, it's and like the so reason is is because the body got addicted to that moment chemically. And now it's, got, it's utilizing your brain to constantly zone in on everything else that makes you feel that way. Yeah. It's storing. It needs it. Because it's like a crack addict. It needs that chemical hit. Yeah. Of guilt or whatever it is, and and now your body is literally quite literally stuck in December twenty seventh of two thousand six when you hit that car when you hit that. It was in December. I whatever, you. you're there, good at this. <laughs> it it just, but it's not that difficult because that's exactly what the body experiences. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you get caught in the past. Right. And you have this illusion of that you're living in the present. And you're labeling your life and people all this way when it's not even you doing it. What it is, Mm -hmm. it's a body. It's a body and a brain that's taken over. You are actually not driving. It's the emotions. And it's the same way with positive emotions. People get... You can actually get hurt if you're constantly happy. You might not be like, you know... You trust everyone, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you get burned. Then you get upset and start judging people. You know what I mean? It's the same way. I think every emotion serves a purpose, but it'll only serve a purpose if you stop running from it. If you sit with it. If you allow it to show you what's going on. I will tell you this, man. This whole idea where where people are constantly wanting to try to help people, it can actually be quite counterintuitive because you have to understand this. You have to understand this, which is this. Everybody has a right to suffer. Everybody has a right to suffer. Yeah. And if you go and try to help somebody after one or two attempts and it's just just not picking up, you have to let them suffer. You have to let them be. And it's going to go one or two ways. The suffering will allow that enough. If somebody, some people experience enough pain where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to turn it around. Right? Or some people will just suffer and die. They will actually go all the, throughout their whole life and they will die that way. But it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. How you can actually help someone is just live in truth. Be honest with yourself. See yourself. You, one of the great quotes I heard is like, you know, this is a physical, it's a physical example. It's like, you know, the best way to help people that are poor is not becoming one yourself first. Keep yourself financially stable. It's right. the same thing with your body. You know, keep yourself emotionally stable, unattached with the world. I know people who are just, you know, who, who are, who's devoted their entire lives to helping people, you know, get off certain things. And that's their identity. That's how they live, right? And if you tell them this, I tell them, and all of a sudden I come into their life and like, listen, they have a right to suffer. Some people wouldn't take it the right way. They'd be like, well, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? They, they would look oh, you at you. Oh, you want
0: people to suffer? Yeah. yeah they yeah. would
1: look at you as some sort of evil or like negative type of person, but it's, it's not like each because no matter how much you help somebody, if they haven't gone through their own suffering and you're constantly alleviating it and putting them back and blah, blah, blah. It's like that, that might actually be hurting them more. That's my opinion. I don't know. I think pe- we should allow people to suffer enough because I can tell you this, what got me out of my suffering was enough suffering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Right. Like 100%. And some people
1: might die, but like you can't hold yourself responsible for that. Right?
0: Yeah. That's a harsh way to put it. But yeah, dude, I it agree. Is, it is, but like that
1: life is harsh. Life is a reality. You ever watch yeah. those nature shows, man? There's dude, no therapy
0: sessions going on. My around. favorite fucking the- Instagram account is nature is metal. Right. Dude, <laughs> it's fucking insane, right. man.
1: And I think I don't know I don't know how you, what you think about this, but I think we live in a black and white world, bro. It's a black and white world. There's not a lot of gray. and But if you get caught up in the emotions, the world will blend into this gray reality and you start to get confused. Right? You start to get confused.
0: Yeah, I think um, you can help people in certain ways. Like I think that there's, um, I, I'd say this, like you can't alleviate someone's suffering, but you can kind of translate the signals for them. And then they can choose to do whatever they want to do from there. I have no problem with that statement. You know what I mean? Like you can, like I said, like I believe like emotions are signals and there's people that'll kind of get those signals. And like I said, they'll they'll fucking scream at the fire alarm for going off. Right. And it's like, "Mm, why don't you ask yourself why the fucking fire alarm's going off, bro? Like, right. You could yell at your cover up your fucking engine light. Like there's maybe people that don't yell at the fire alarm. Maybe they put fucking tape over the engine light in their car. Right. Like right. it's like, "Okay, you're going to ignore that signal?" Right. What well, happens when your fucking engine blows up, man? Like the... you need to start to translate that signal. You get a code reader, you plug it into your car, you figure out, "Oh, it has fucking low amounts of oxygen in the So, I want to I just sorry, not to cut you
1: off, but you used a very interesting word there that I want to jump on. You said you should look at the alarm systems, right? You should be taking a look at this. What are you going to do when the engine blows up? Why should they
0: Because you can prevent the engine from fucking blowing up. Right, but why should they prevent it from blowing up? Because if your engine blows up, you're fucked. Okay. And if that's what they want, well, that like, you know? Because I don't think that that's what they want. And how do you know that? No one wants to have their fucking engine blow up.
1: (laughs) Right. I understand, but you know how you said they should be doing that? Yeah. This is what I mean where it's just like if they're ignoring the signal, if they're not looking at it, and they're constantly, like, just getting caught up in there, and they're purposely on Purposely not doing it, then there's only so much someone else from the outside can do. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's where I'm like, it's. I don't know if it's a should. It's like you can do this if you want. But the beauty about life is, once you become an adult, you live your life.
0: you, yeah, you yeah. live. I get right? what you're saying. And some think, people need to have their engine blow up, right, for them to be like, oh fuck, I should have checked that check engine light. Right. And I think this is another. This might
1: be another hot, hot take. I think we are living in an overly I don't even know if this is a term, but I'm just going to. It's like, it's an overly therapized like, world where it's just, there's just an excessive amount of therapy going on. And, but yet the suicide numbers are through the roof. You know what I mean? People are suffering. Like, you, you go down to the east side, it's like it, the encampment has grown. Oh, dude. I was so there this I would say weekend. it's like, clearly we can see. That's why I said, like, it's a black and white world, right? We can clearly see that I don't think it's a lack of help and resources that are causing this, but that's all the solution that everybody wants to suggest. We need more of this. We need more of that. We need, maybe we should start taking away some of the stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just enough it's just a thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree because, um, I think that that's exactly how biology works and I'll give, I'll give a good analogy for that, which is an actual real life physical representation of that. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I got this fucking finger. You can see like this finger is all fucking jacked up. Right. For people that aren't watching this and they're just listening... Last year, I, I dislocated my finger at this joint here, right. the second joint, I guess. Right, It was right. completely sideways. Holy shit. And um, I went in. I didn't go to the hospital at first. I actually realigned it myself, and not which was not recommended. But I was like, dude, I'm going to do this while I've got the adrenaline rush, and I cannot feel my hand. So I just snapped it back in. It was Ooh. like instinct. Right. I didn't even think about it. I just was like, oh, that shouldn't be sideways. Boom. And, and then I clicked it back in. Right. So I go... Like uh, I was like, oh, like it'll start feeling better on its own. It didn't, so mm-hmm. I go into the hospital to get X rays done because I was like, this feels worse than it was, and it turned out that was a good hunch that I had. It was fractured as well, right? But um, so the first time I go in for the hospital, they put this fucking splint on it, right? And it's it's like providing structure for it, keeping the fingers straight, and they are like, you have to. They're like, oh, does it hurt when you move it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They're like, then don't move it. And they put a splint on. And then they're like, okay, we're going to book you in with, like, the hand specialist or whatever. Come Mm -hmm. back in a week. Mm -hmm. I come back in a week, Mm -hmm. and I go see this hand specialist. He sits me down and goes, why the hell do you have a splint on your finger? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. That's what the nurse fucking told me to do. And he's like, oh, man. You need to take that off right now, go into the sink under hot running water, get some circulation on it and start forcing your finger to move as much as possible, even if you have to manually bend it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you don't move that finger now and feel that pain now, you are going to lose all movement in that finger. Wow. He's He's like, you need to fucking go and suffer. Right. And so I think that what you're saying holds merit because I think that the more we kind of let people walk around on quote unquote crutches the more you like try and add external support right. The more you're actually inhibiting that movement and that ability later on. Right. Absolutely. I think we're almost trying to blend the crutches into their existence like as if it's something that they need to lean on. 100 I don't see it that Dude, way. Dude, that's think- why you go to fucking Walmart in fucking the States mm-hmm. and you see people that are like fucking 970 pounds right. rolling around on fucking scooters in Absol- Walmart and shit. It's ridiculous. And that's why, you know, it's that example is such a beautiful one because-
1: at one point in my life, there was a motto that just came to me and it's something that I live by to this day that just allows me to, whenever I experience some of that, like, you know, sometimes things can get confusing. I still have those, it's a feeling, right? You can still have it. But to punch through the clarity, this motto that I just, it just came to me at one point. It was like, if I can understand myself physically, I can understand myself spiritually. Everybody can do that. If you know how your body exists in terms of you can feel your knee pain and stuff,
0: or this pain or that pain whatever you're going through physically there's an equivalent it's proprioceptive awareness for those nerds out there that's quite i mean what proprio what proprioceptive awareness w- what does that mean like knowing where your limbs are at all times oh, and I understanding see. I like, see. where the feeling is coming from.
1: Yeah, so if you're a propriocepticist person, <laughs> think, then if you have that ability, if you have the mental capacity to understand yourself physically like that, I think without a doubt, 1,000% in my head, no debate about it, You can, un- you have the ability to understand yourself spiritually and internally the exact same way. So if you have that, I feel like any issue that you might have on the, on the uh, you know, depression or anxiety side, because I don't think anxiety and depression and all these confused, they're not physical issues. They're spiritual issues. Yeah. So if you can understand yourself physically, you can understand yourself spiritually. And I think a lot of times if we just move, if you just remove yourself from conversations and constantly trying to speak out to the world about your problems and, you know, what it might be and thinking someone else can help. I think if you just try to shut up and just sit in some silence, as difficult as it may be, that that'll be the first step into actually confronting what it is that's causing your behavior and your sadness or whatever you think it is, because your brain is extremely deceptive. It's it can be it can and it, it can cause you a lot of harm. If you're not yeah. if you're not spiritually stable As you can see And I think a lot of the pro- the problems that I see in the world And a lot of things it's I think it's just this, it's a lack of spiritual existence From within people People have forgotten who they really are And uh, you know I was talking to someone And I've noticed this I'll, I want to hear your thoughts on this Is that there's like this polar We live in a very polarized world at the moment Yeah, And these two different sides that exist Right I think One of them is you have the left and the right, right? That's the normal terms or whatever. But I don't want to even give terms because I don't want people to think I'm like boxing anybody in the corner saying one person's right or wrong or whatever. But you have one side that's like more so trying to solve issues by... They give you... They tell you that your symptoms are... They isolate your symptoms and turn you into an individual... And the solutions to those symptoms, they apply like a blanket group method. Versus the other side, they give you a completely different perspective where they say your symptoms are actually, everybody goes through it. You know what I mean? But the solution is a, they kinda, is a very isolated individual. They want you to become the individual and that'll pull you out. Versus this side tells you if you become part of the group, that's what's going to pull you out. Mm-hmm. And it's this very like, and I think that's what's caused this polarization. For example... I actually, I don't have an example, but I, what do you think about that? Does that, work? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying. Uh, I think that it's, where, like, where do you think the answer lies, well, one side or the other? Is that what you're saying? Or? Well, I don't know exactly where the answer lies, but I can see why the
1: divide exists. Yeah. Because one side says, come be part of the group, and you can you know, alleviate your pain. I the sure. other side says... Come
0: be yourself and alleviate the pain, dude. You got to read this book. When I'm done it, I'll give it to you. I'm like 100%, halfway done it. like clockwork right now, dude. Um, have you read 1984? No, is that the the George 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 Orwell book? This was the book he read that inspired him to write that. Interesting. It's Interesting. called We, and it's this fucked up dystopian book about like uh, a society run by. Like a one-world government, basically. Right, right. That and only exists. That only comes to fruition if everybody just is all down with this group thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. So this, this book, we—that's mm-hmm. what the whole thing is about—is like everyone sucked into this collective. Everyone sucked into this idea of we. Right. So like, he, there, there's nobody that thinks like, I feel like this. They don't have those thoughts. They're yeah. like, we need this. Right,
1: right, and. Okay then so maybe maybe I do have an opinion on that. Then I do think that there is a more at least more of a side that makes more sense to me and that is that the one side that encourages the individual to become an individual is what's going to alleviate their pain. That seems to make more sense versus you're an individual and that's why you're suffering. Come be part of the group and it'll alleviate. Versus, you're part of a group. That's why you're suffering. Come be an individual and you'll alleviate. Yeah,
0: I I always say like this. Like, there's two perspectives to look at it. You're either an individual within a collective, or you're a collective of individuals. And it sounds very similar, but those are very different states. Very, very different existences.
1: They both exist. You know, they simultaneously exist. But it's like you need to maintain your individuality to be able to have a meaningful life and if you lose your individuality and you become the group within if you be within you become the group that's without like on the outside you blend in whatever that group goes through you're going to go through it too you know what i mean in the answer, and you lose yourself and that's really what society i think is moving like that's why i think we're suffering so much everybody's like in you know, this groupthink idea it's like people are repeating quotes and stuff and all that stuff these days when i speak to people I honestly, I don't even care like what you heard or what you think about, I want to know what you, like, I don't care what you heard or what you think someone else thinks. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you, what. what is your understanding of your problems. I don't want to know what your therapist told you. You know what I mean? What they told you to focus on. That's for you. you. Do it. I'm not saying like, you know, forget all that stuff. But what's your understanding of all of that? You know what I mean? There's no, everyone says there's no one size fits all, but everybody, like, but we're so in it. Everyone yeah. jumps into it. They're like applying all of this stuff to themselves. And this is what I mean. Like last time, it's so important that we be able to see ourselves. You have to be able to see yourself. So many. I. I just. I'm see. what I see it so much now, I'm just like blown away by it. Where people are literally talking shit or complaining about someone, about you know something that they did or didn't, and they are doing it in the moment. Yeah. As well, complaining about it And I'm yeah. just like, man, I can't believe I used to be like that yeah. I can't believe I used to live my life that way Yeah, Because it's, everyone, you know At some point, if you don't, like everyone does it Up until you've suffered enough and you wake up But to be able to see yourself, man Is the most freeing, most It's everything It's everything, it alleviates everything Honestly, that's my understanding of it Become yeah. an individual, man. If there's one message I can give you is just run right towards what's causing you pain and suffering. Just go right at it, and you'll become an individual again. And yeah. you, it's like
0: walking on water, man. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that, that, like, so for example, like when we started this entire conversation, like I started talking about why I had to stop smoking weed. And it's because I started viewing myself like I was looking at myself and the same way that I had that kind of splint on my finger that was inhibiting me from getting movement back in my finger. Right. I was an emotional like I was in an emotional splint. And that was weed for me. That is beautiful. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Like, absolutely. I, I was like, this is my crutch. Right. It's not a physical crutch. I mean, like, physically, I'm putting fucking weed in my body. It's, you're, you're, but it was an emotional crutch. Yes. Yes. And I was like, I don't want this because yes. this is going to stop me from feeling, for me, it was the feeling of unconditional love. Right. Like, it's like, this is what's helping me avoid the feeling right. of the lack of of unconditional love. Right. But me running from that feeling of that void is what's going to prevent me from ever feeling the unconditional love. Right. Like the act of running away from the negative emotion was also what was preventing me from feeling the positive side of that emotion. Beautifully said, man. That was like poetry. I I think if, I think most people will
1: be able to understand that and relate to that because they go through that themselves. But, you know, I want to ask you this question because we've used this word a lot. And I think I asked it to you when we were DMing each other right before you we went camping. Yes. yes I know I'm you're going you to But before we jump into that commercial
0: break, I do got to take a pee break. Done. I want to have that. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Just pause. You can entertain the crowd by yourself if you want. Do a solo second. Nah, no. Nah, I'm not doing solo shit, dude. I'm putting pause. Okay. Be right back, everybody. And okay. we're back.
1: And we're back. Okay. So back to the question I wanted to ask you. So... Before we get to what is unconditional love to you, what is what is love to you?
0: What is love, baby, don't A beautiful hurt me. song that's in Night of the Roxbury. You want me to sing it? What is love? Yeah. I'm gonna play it in the background. <laughs> I'm gonna play it in the background and then get taken off YouTube. No, but um, <laughs> no,
1: you can actually use it in that. They they shouldn't take it down because it's fair use. If you don't play the whole song, just play a clip. It's fine.
0: I think it'll end now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The Instagram clip. Instagram gives me way more freedom with that shit. Yeah, because it's easier to use fair
1: use. The fair use term on that because uh, it's very short clips. You know, you don't take the rights
0: to anything. But anyway, Mark Zuckerberg. But um, the only thing we can thank him for. I was going to say. I think you're the only person who thanks Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck (laughs) fuck the Zuck. This is the second interview in a row that I said this. Fuck the Zuck. But um, hold on. Let me finish my coffee quick. Do your thing. What is love? Coffee, love. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't Coffee hurt me. hates me sometimes, man, <laughs> if I drink it too late. Um, what is love? I think it's the feeling of completeness. I think it's the feeling of wholeness. It's the feeling that you have. I don't think that it's, um, put it this way. like when you feel satiated, you don't feel like you feel satiated, but when you're hungry, you feel like you're hungry. You get where I'm coming from? Yes. There's so no. There's, that, sorry, go ahead. That's what I think love is. I think that love is the same way. You don't. If you're self aware enough and you've done a lot of that inner, that deep inner work, I think that you know the feeling I feel love right now. But when you lack love, you fucking feel like you lack love. And I think that that's kind of a good way to put it because, yeah, like I said, like when you're complete and you feel whole things are running smoothly when you're not complete and you don't feel whole when you have that void right you fucking feel it right so do you is is it possible to get to a point where you feel
1: whole and you just stay there
0: um again meaning
1: live in unconditional love
0: i think it's cyclical man i don't think that i don't think that and personally this is just my experience maybe in 15 years when i figure it out <laughs> i'll have a different answer but right. my answer as of today September 11th 2022 mm-hmm. is i don't know i don't think so no i think that it's a constant cycle of just kind of going in and out of it right and i think that that's where you have to have that conversation with yourself where it's like why aren't i feeling this right now All right interesting
1: yeah i would say man i think that um I think there's two, there's two types of love. I think, in terms of answering what is love, there's two versions of love. One is the fake version, and one is the and the other one is the real version. And the fake one is this world. It's like this world love. It's a worldly love. You know, this person loves me. I love this thing. I love doing this. Or blah blah blah. And then there's real love. And I think real love is not emotion. It's no emotion. It's no thought. It's completely it's just unattached observance of reality, what it is, and it's tr- and it just turns into the truth. It just is. because I think love is simple. It's clear, it's honest. It's not confusing at all. And you don't feel the, you don't feel negative, you don't feel positive. You just feel spiritually, I'm going use your term, satiated, whole, complete. Like there's nothing that you need or nothing you want to give is just, is, you're fine with, with it all. And I don't think you can get to that point if you're attached to the emotions, right? And I think that's what you were talking about in the sense, like, it's cycl- cyclical. And I, you are right. It, I think it is, it's totally cyclical. I can't say the word fast. Try saying that time fast, eh? Cyclical. <laughs> it's cyclical if it's the emotional love. Because guess what? Emotions are cyclical. Right. So if you go, if you are fall out of happy and into sad, you're going to feel like you have no love so you got to go get some love and you do something and you come back up and now you're feeling ecstasy and you think, you know, you have all this love and then boop, something caused it to go away and that's that worldly love, I think. But there is an unconditional love that exists that can flow through you that just keeps you on your game. You can see the world. Everything is just perfect in a sense
0: yeah i think that that's the same thing as like 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 say with like emotions where it's like everything is temporary that's the one thing i've been telling myself recently like everything is temporary Mm -hmm. but love like unconditional love is actually eternal like there's the feeling of hunger yes 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 yes, and you could attach that to being like oh i'm hungry but it's like unconditional love is what tells you i'm not going to feel like this forever right I think, you know, I think unconditional love
1: really is like those moments where you're really, really super hungry and you can't seem to get any food around you, but you still got shit to do. It's unconditional love that gets you to do what you need to do, avoid, you know, ignore the pain that you're feeling in your stomach, and you'll eventually get to some food where your body will get, re- like, nourished. If you unconditionally love yourself, you can get through those moments. Like yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, without going for like a fucking cookie or a Rice Krispie Square or a fucking brownie or what have you. You're basically, I feel like you just listed all your vices and snacks.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Pretty much. All right, right. But the, oh. th- those are like physical representations of vices. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, again, I, I'm going to go back to this because this is the one thing that I see a lot of people attached to is like, social media or YouTube videos or Netflix or porn or anything like that. Like, it's like, those are the vices that we feel because yeah, we talk about cookies for when you feel hunger, but when you don't feel unconditional love, when you have that void inside yourself, mm-hmm. you're like a lot of us, especially as men, we attach like physical affection to love. You know what I mean? I think
1: women do that too. It's what...
0: Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Right? right. Like, and that's why we go towards like, you know, like, people substitute love and affection with porn. People substitute like connectiveness or friends or good conversation with a podcast or a YouTube video. Like it's like, you'll be sitting there. There's like how many fucking people sit there and they can't have a meal without the TV on or a YouTube right. video playing in the background. Right. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I think
1: that's why I think it was all religions have that, you know, this aspect of saying some sort of, Like in Christianity, the term is grace, but like every religion has a moment of grace, and I think that before you eat a meal, before you eat a meal, right? And I know people who just say the words, you know what I mean, but they kind of miss the meaning behind why you want to do it. And I think it's this: it's that when you enjoy a good meal and you know it's a great meal. The reason why you take a brief second and say, either say what you need to say in the prayer or whatever is to put you in a state of detachment so that you don't go unconscious and just go ham and enjoy the meal like it's the, like you almost need it because mm-hmm. you want to constantly practice detachment, right? Stay in this flow of love that you under, you see the food for exactly what it is, which is nourishment. And if you fall into this, that's, so when you say grace, it's just a moment. It doesn't even, it doesn't really matter about the words. You just close your eyes and take a moment, breathe, come into like a, become conscious, completely present so that you know what you're eating and what, why you're doing it to nourish yourself physically. It's not to overindulge because it tastes fucking amazing. You know what I mean? And it's not to say you can't have good tasting food. But like I said, if you can understand yourself physically, you can understand yourself spiritually. And it's the same way spiritually. You know, as long the moment you take, if you're experiencing like a fucking amazing moment and you're loving life and you're like, oh, I just want this moment to last forever, you have, I think if you can pr- get into the practice of just taking a moment briefly and saying grace, because you're feeding yourself spiritually in that moment, just say grace, come conscious don't get too attached to the moment and you'll be just fine
0: when the negative emotions start to come you won't swim in that forever either Yeah, right, dude and I I just recently started saying grace like in the last couple months because I ran away from religion for a long time in my life Mm. but a lot of it for me and this is again just like my personal perspective I like to say grace in a way that kind of makes some people uncomfortable because I like to remind myself I wanna hear it. Well, I like to remind myself of, like, uh, I think a lot of the time we feel like we should always feel good. Like, mm. we should always just feel good. And, like, um, I like to remind myself of the labor or the suffering that went into what happened, why I get to eat. So, mm. like, when I say grace, I think about, you know, the animals that had to go and get slaughtered. For me to get the 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 protein that I'm getting, or the the people that went into the labor Mm. of growing the vegetables, growing the fruit, like it's like I like to say thank you for the for the animals that had to suffer for me to benefit. I like to think of those things because it's like for me to actually fully appreciate this meal, I need to understand that there is no life without death. There is no good feeling without first a bad feeling. Right. Like I, and just for me to remind myself of that, like, yeah, we, like we go to the grocery store and we buy meat and then we think, oh yeah, like I just had to go and buy meat and now I get to eat it. Like, that's good. But it's like, no, there was an animal that had to live its life. Right. And then someone had to end that life purposely. Mm -hmm. So such that you could then have that on your plate. Right. Like, and if you don't take appreciation or gratitude of like something else had to suffer for this and people can fucking, you know, they can blind themselves and be like, oh, if I eat a vegetarian diet, then nothing had to suffer. But it's like, (laughs) no, dude, animals had to be killed when they plowed those fields. Right. Like there was people that put in labor Mm -hmm. and there was suffering that happened for you to get the vegetables, the fruit, like whatever you're eating, there was a sacrifice Mm-hmm. For you to be nourished, and so I would think you say you say grace to remind yourself to be grateful? A hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Right. It's it's the gratitude of like, holy shit, I get to eat this meal where like our fucking ancestors had to literally kill the animal. The very least you could do is appreciate the fact that something else had to suffer for you to eat. Right. No, I got you. I got you. I almost had, I thought I had another question, but I didn't. All right. Well, then. <laughs> well, then. well then. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap this up. Yeah, man. Um, a- why don't you give a little closing thought as like kind of like a, a way to say grace for this, or a way to like right, kind right. of uh, wrap this up? A little fucking thought for people, make them laugh, make them smile, make them feel motivated, make them feel grateful. Whatever you want to do to spin this off and end this, uh, I'll leave it up to you, and then I'll say bye. No pressure. No pressure. You're in the hot seat, but you got the comfy chair this time. The, yeah, man. I, yeah,
1: I think I'm gonna get used to this. Side. I'll take over on this on the <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always. It's Should so I funny, man. Every time I have a guest come through, yeah. I always just watch where they sit, and yeah. then I just sit the opposite. Like yeah, some yeah. people, like the first time you came, yeah. you came and sat here, so I was like, oh, I'll just sit on the couch. Right, right. I right. always just watch where someone else sits and let them sit first. That's, that's the way to do it, man. You're a good host. You're a great host. That's why I love coming on, man.
1: It's uh, and Gang, gang. <laughs> Island voice. <boys>. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. But a closing thought. I, I've, I'll I tell you this, man. I, I probably sound like a broken record because I think these, what I just say is it's very simple. It's this, that being able to see yourself will be the most freeing and most, you know, meaningful pursuit that you ever pursue in your life. And number one, it'll make your life better. And number two, you're going to be making the world a better place. You it'll reclaim your individuality by being by seeing yourself for who you really are, and then eventually growing into everything that you actually are. And what it takes is everything that you've actually got to make it happen. Hence the theme. So shameless plug. I know that's not what you asked me to do, but it really is. Go for it, man. It really is. That's what. That's really what it is, man. It's not. It doesn't have to be complicated. I don't care how in the dumps you think you are. And I know that when you're in the dumps of your life and you feel like you're in a really dark space, to the person who's listening to this, you know, in your own room, and you're behind on bills and rent, and all you know what to do, but you just can't bring yourself to do it, and you constantly just judge yourself as a result, and you're like, I'm a piece of shit, and blah, blah, blah. I would just say, you know, once you can see yourself for who you really are, then you'll be able to see what you're doing. You know, I'll give a quick story. Just to, I was at um, at a wedding last night because I think it goes so well with what you were asking. Is, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and you know, he's going through. He's not in in the best space in his life. You know, and he's like, I he's like, I'm
0: a loser. You know. He's like, he's dude like, i think so many people i was sorry to interrupt no you no absolutely you said you know what you have to do but you're just not bringing yourself to doing it i think so many people fucking convince themselves that they don't know what they have to do they're like i don't know what i can do to get myself out of this spot right it's like no dude maybe and that's you, because they're not looking at who they actually are exactly like you need you to have, fucking sit down and have a conversation with yourself look in the goddamn mirror right see, like you fucking know right. what you have to do right
1: and and so important what you said, to have a conversation with yourself by yourself guys, you have to get this. to have a conversation with yourself, it requires no words from you. You don't speak, you don't go look in the mirror and try to amp yourself up and say "am" for affirmations. It requires silence. You need to hear yourself first, so you can see what' you're be- who you are in the moment. You cannot change that which you don't even know what to change. That's fucking powerful. You have man. to be able to see what you actually are in the moment, right? And it's tough. It's tough to see yourself. If you're being a jackass, a jerk, a loser, all of these things, it's tough to see that. But once you start to understand that's not who you are, it's just what you do, it's a lot easier to overcome. those. And that's what I was talking to my uh, friend with yesterday. He's like, you know, I'm just – he's like, I'm a loser, you know? I'm just, I can't seem, I need to get a job, I'm in my late, thir- almost 40, you know what I mean, living with his mom and all that stuff, and and I understand it, for a man, that's, n- no man wants to be in that position, it's obvious, right, and he can't seem to get over, you know, the struggles of he's going through and all that stuff, and he's, but it, there's no, not enough pressure for him to change or whatever, mm-hmm. but what I told him, was, I said, I said, you know, when he said that, I'm like, what is it that makes you a loser, you think? Right? Mm-hmm. And to him he's like well isn't it obvious You know I live at home blah 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 I don't care what you think is obvious about you being a loser I want to know what you think makes you a loser And to him it was, like, it was like Well I don't have a job I'm like and then that's it That's it you think you, if you got a job you'll, you, You're no longer a loser He's like well it's a start I'm like okay how hard is that How hard is that in this economy you think yeah. You can't get a job so at this point, it's like maybe you're just addicted to being a loser because we know we can solve the problem of being a, getting a job. Yeah. And I have to tell him man, you have to remind yourself, you are, it, you are not, you're not a loser. That's not who you are. But the behaviors that you engage in, that is what you do. Yeah. That's loser activities. That's loser mentality. Yeah, you know you're not I mean? a loser. You just do loser shit. Listen, man, God made us in his image. Just because you've smothered yourself with the emotional identities of who you think you are doesn't mean who you actually are doesn't exist anymore. And when you remove so when you move yourself away from the source of who you are and you go deeper and deeper into the world and you become these identity the distance between who you actually are and what the identity that you've had is the gap that you need to close. And the further that you the more distance there is between those two is a direct result, it's a direct measurement of how depressed and anxiety, how much anxiety you're going to feel. And this, so if you're feeling very, very far away and you're like really identified, and if you want to know, if you want to get a gauge of how distant you are from who you actually are versus like what you think you are, is just for a brief second, take a look at like, what do I identify with? From emotions to activities, like, who am I? Do I just, how deep do I know myself? Do I just know, if you can, if I were to ask you, it's like, okay, you can say your name, you can tell me who your family is, you can tell me your job, you can tell me the things that you struggle with, and those are all the things that you name with. you really identified with the worldly version of who you are, but I, I can promise you, I don't care what you've done, crimes, to whatever it is, everything that you judge yourself on is what keeps you distant and continues to, distance the gap between the part and it's causing all the pain. It's that self-judgment. It's the judgment. It's the judgment because the judgment isn't actually coming from you. I'm a spiritual person. You know, and I believe in God. I think it comes from the adversary, from a darker source. You're not actually judging yourself. You've allowed that force to seep into you. It's judging you. It's the accuser. And when you can identify that that's who's actually accusing you and you've just identified with that spirit once you detach from it man it's a very freeing moment and slowly the gap closes and you become whole again you become everything that you can actually be because you've given up everything that you thought you were and it takes everything in order to make it happen that would be my closing thought
0: everything, you've got everything you've you got podcast you said shameless plug and then you didn't even plug it but it's everything you got podcast right I didn't plug it because
1: like, this is just honestly it's just the it's just it is what I, it's just i it just it's speech to me. Like, I talk about this all the time. Right. And that's why the names came so naturally. But, yeah, the plug. Everything You've Got Podcast. Follow me on IG. Um, on Instagram, that's usually where I'm most active. There's a link, right? Most people listen to it on Spotify. So, I have the Spotify link. And, yeah, follow and engage, man. I love engaging with people. I always I try to get back to as many if, as all the messages that I can as soon as I can. I just love talking to people and meeting people. And that's how it goes.
0: Oh, yeah. Another shameless plug, Risen Fallen merch out now. You can go into my link, I mean, risenfallen.com. Yes. Hit shop. Yes, sir. Buy my shit. Yes, sir. Support the community. It's
1: actually pretty fly stuff, man. I know there's people who just kind of get a shirt and just snap a logo on it, but I know there's some design, like there's a design aspect of it to make it look like good looking clothes. You know what I mean? P- people that you can actually wear. So Fuck I that, definitely you, endorse it, man. Full on. I mean, I know I'm going to get some.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. And, um... Everything that we get, um, we're reinvesting got, it. Got. Everything, every, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything, yeah, everything that that we've uh, gotten so far, proceeds are going towards like the community events. So like last night, for example, we had a barbecue, bought a bunch of shit from there. Uh, some of it was provided by local farmers, some of the deer meat there as well. But, um, yeah, in terms of, like, buying shit, that was paid for by the merch. So thank you for everybody that supported thus far. Uh, if you want to get more connectedness and more community involved in uh, in the Vancouver community here and you're like, hey, I want to fucking meet up and do some barbecues or, fuck, maybe we're going to do bigger and better shit in the future. Yes, 100%. I'll um, be at the next one for sure. That's, so- that's what the merch is paying for. So um Connect uh join the group hit me up on uh instagram and uh fucking let's have some fun and good times man
1: let's do it another one in the books man thank you so much for having me on thank you for coming on i appreciate
0: your time dude i appreciate you man and i appreciate everybody listening to this that's it much love and peace out you motherfucking beautiful people